0: Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People.
1: Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My guest today is Mark Cuff. Mark is the founder and owner of The Living Vine, which is based in... Toronto. What is the Living Vine, and why did you give your company that name?
0: The Living Vine is a wine agency um, that uh, represents, uh, imports, uh, organic, biodynamic, and, and natural wines exclusively since uh, around 2004. No, that's that's actually a lie. Uh, five, 2005. I had to think about it for a second.
1: We'll get the lawyers to check that. <coughs> well, yeah, we'll do. There's a team of three of them. <laughs> yeah, we like uh, to be accurate on this uh, on this show.
0: Yeah, uh, mainly with a focus on biodynamic wines. I was a uh, I was a sommelier in my 20s uh, working in restaurants and hotels in uh, Toronto and I developed a real interest in um, biodynamic winemaking, and uh, we didn't see a lot of these wines in our market. Uh, we definitely didn't see a lot of agents or importers, uh, as well known as agents in Ontario versus am- importers, uh, marketing uh, biodynamic, organic, and, and sort of natural wines. And I'd read a couple books. Uh, one was actually yours. Jake's um, in the past, and uh, which you know, in your book of biodynamic wines was a, a reference point for me to you know reach out to and research all of these wineries um, uh, that just weren't in our market. And, you know, interiors uh, uh, can be a challenging market to uh, import wine in, in uh, compared to other markets. As I was reaching out to all these other wineries to find out where could I buy them, where could I get them, more information, they weren't represented, they weren't in our market, and I saw an opportunity to start a different business uh, that I really knew nothing about other than, you know, the guys who would knock on my door and try and, you know, sell me Pinot Grigio and, Napa Cabernet, so uh, that's how the business started.
1: Do you have a background? I mean, do you, have you got a business degree? I mean, you no,
0: can, I barely graduated high school. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: So you, uh, that was just laziness and, and boredom, rather than uh, you know the fact that you know you got a brain.
0: Yeah, I think. I think well, I, my my goal was always uh, I wanted to, to open my own restaurant. It was, I was uh, I, I loved hospitality. I love restaurants.
1: So the sommelier thing for you was a way to get into that world. Was that right?
0: Yes. Yeah. So I I, I was very young. I was like 24, 25 years old. It's difficult to get a, a job managing a, a, in a good restaurant in Toronto at the time uh, without a lot of experience which I didn't have and uh, getting a sommelier diploma uh, got me into a suit basically the day after I graduated Uh, and becoming a sommelier wasn't uh, my goal wasn't to be a sommelier the goal was to develop a skill set that would enable me to open a really cool restaurant wine bar in Toronto and i had saved up some money uh, to do that and sort of at the last minute I decided to shift and, and import wine instead. With a focus on biodynamic growers.
1: Right. So, did you start off with France and then gravitate to Italy? Oh. Our first
0: winery, uh, funny enough, was uh, Nicolas Jolie and uh, he was
1: a famous biodynamic producer in the Little
0: Valley. Yeah, and uh, and a hero and inspiration to many people. And uh, you know, he's uh, uh, you know, they're they serious winery. They do they do really amazing things. Uh, you know, some I think some people don't get it, and they those people probably never will. The people that do, I think, uh, really appreciate the effort and enthusiasm that he puts into. Yeah, he's, he is Mr.
1: Biodynamic. Yeah, he is Mr. Biodynamic, isn't he?
0: Yeah, I think so. And and. and And rightfully so, and I think there's a lot of credit owed to him developing that category, especially with the Renaissance des Appalitions tour and shows that they do. And uh, it's a group of growers that uh, all grow dynamically that travel and sort of do off-tastings around larger shows to promote biodynamic growing
1: and they have Italian members as well it used to be just French
0: many yeah I I mean uh, I I mean French it's probably still you know more French people but uh, definitely a lot more Italians so what are
1: people doing? I mean now what is on trend in terms of obviously you only deal with this particular category of the organic biodynamic and natural I mean Italy has a very strong and well organised I should say natural wine movement I think it's ahead of actually the biodynamic movement in Italy Uh, Van Natur is a body based in the north of Italy and all their members have all their wines analysed as a group so, that there are no people mm-hmm. in charge can check that there are no residues and stuff like that in the wine, uh, which is very sort of clear thinking from the organizers there, because sometimes you can get people with natural wine that say that they're natural and there's no real control. So, that's why Italy's number one. Are you focusing on that as well in terms of um, selection of, uh, of wines, the natural in Italy, or the biodynamic, or the organic, or is it just anything?
0: Yeah, I mean, we've always been a premium focused agency, so it's quality first. It, uh, you, to, to drink wine because it's organic, as you know, excuse uh, is ridiculous. It has to taste good. It has to be excellent. Farming has to be great. You know, our main focus still is biodynamic wines. Uh, we have a lot of, a lot of our biodynamic growers are making natural wines uh, because uh, they also buy into it and believe in it as well. And they want to make wines that are healthier and more vital, provided they can also express terroir and style and all those other things. You know, the natural wine movement's really, it's really interesting. It's it's taken off in a faster, you know, more intense way than, say, organic or biodynamics did. I don't sort of see either category as really niche anymore just another category, because uh, there's so many wineries, there's so many shows, there's so much being imported and distributed now, even in Toronto, that tends to be a couple of years behind other larger, more mature markets uh, you know, really? for new things. What is that then? I mean, Ontario has uh, some of the uh, strictest quality assurance regulations uh, on the planet. Uh, and, and I mean, you can be sure that if you're drinking a bottle of wine, no matter how it's grown or made, that uh, it's below all the the legal the thresholds, thresholds yeah. for uh, any additives and things like that. So, so one of the
1: problems with that system, and uh, you and I have discussed this before, but, you know, for example, if somebody, I have a biodynamic vineyard in Italy and my granddad farmed it in the 60s and used, for example, an arsenic-based um, spray that residue will still turn up in my wine or can still turn up. So when I go to the Canadian Monopoly, Mark wants to import my wine, and they analyze it and say, hang on, it looks like Monty's using arsenic. And you think, yeah. you know, Monty hasn't used arsenic. It was his granddad. <coughs> do it. How do you get around that, and what is the frustration for you when that sort of thing happens, the mechanics of getting the wine in?
0: Well, you can't really get around anything that's poisonous or toxic, uh, so the wine either has to be returned or destroyed. And there's two ways to look at it. Uh, you could say, well, you know, are these thresholds designed for daily consumption? Like, if I have a, a glass of, like, a fruit liqueur that has a high level of ethyl carbonate, which I might have at Christmas or at Easter or when family's over once, uh, it's very different than consuming a glass of orange juice every morning with my breakfast containing 600 parts per million ethyl carbonate or something like that, you know what I mean? So so that's one way to look at it, and you could almost make that argument, but in another way, uh, you you know, I, I think that anyone that's growing organic, economically, or naturally, I think has the environment in mind that they don't want arsenic in their, their wines, and I think they would be disturbed to find out that it was there. I'd doubt that they would feel good about it. Uh, We're starting to see copper pop up a lot in biodynamic growing, and uh, it's used in the vineyard, and it's also used in the cellar as sort of a last resort to, to maybe fix reduction. Yeah, I mean
1: sense. that for me, that's just bad winemaking. You know, yeah. you shouldn't have any need to use copper in the wine. Basically, copper. If a wine smells a bit eggy, normally red wines, you can just get rid of that with racking, yeah. just uh, aerating the wine. You shouldn't be using copper. I don't think. I really don't think it should be allowed. Like copper sulfide. Yeah, uh, makes the takes but, the eggy smell away.
0: But I think it's it's so widely accepted because it's a naturally occurring element that I think some sometimes maybe newer growers are a little heavy handed with it and it shows up, or maybe you're just you know wherever the bottle's coming from the tank, there's some residue. But on, again, Ontario's one of the few markets in the world that even test for labs yeah. so uh, I understand some other markets are looking to start to test for it but uh, because Ontario has such a sophisticated lab uh, they're one of the best in the world for testing alcohol I mean the people from all over the world ship their wines there to have certain tests done Luckily, they can't get done at any ISO lab in in Europe so it, the, the, it's almost too good uh, yeah. so uh, you know especially when we're focused on bringing wines that literally fail lab every time they arrive because of an organic certificate you know maybe labeling requirements or maybe the volatile acidity is a little high and we you know there's things like that uh, although volatile acidity isn't poisonous or, yeah, or toxic exactly. so yeah. maybe you can you know maybe there, are, there could be some small exceptions made but uh, but anyways that's 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 our that's our that's that's the world I live in so so what
1: about the market what well, is hot at the moment in, in, in Toronto
0: I think everything's hot in Toronto right now to be honest uh, Toronto uh, has never had a more vibrant uh, scene restaurant scene qualities uh, at a place I never would have imagined Toronto restaurants reaching even 10 to 15 years ago there are always a, re- a few really good restaurants wherever you go in the world but there's... so what are
1: people drinking there what are they what are they Ooh. what are they screaming out for so
0: I, I think uh, well less regional food from around the world is really common uh, more, more popular now it's not just steakhouses that sort of thing uh, veg focus. There's uh, more, more of a focus on veg. vegetables, yeah. uh, lighter fare, healthier eating. And wine-wise? And so wine-wise, stylistically, we're seeing restaurants buy more medium-bodied reds versus oaky, heavier, yeah. alcoholic wines that aren't food-friendly. Quite frankly, Austrian wines, there's definitely a big increase on in stuff like that. But, number, one, but number, one,
1: number one on the planet for but it's bi- the quality of its biodynamic wine growing by far yeah, and away.
0: Far away. Yeah. yeah, we're seeing a lot more interest in that. But, I mean, and, but Italy, I mean, listen, uh, Toronto was, might be half Italian. I don't know. There's a, lot, like, there's a lot of Italians in Toronto, a lot of Italian restaurants, and we love Italian wine. It has to be one of the biggest markets for Italian wines on the planet. Uh, everything sells well there. Provided you have a good agent that you know can get it into the market either privately or through the monopoly.
1: What are your biggest sellers? What are the big the wines that you sell from Italy that are the the quickest movers?
0: Oh, for us, ooh, uh, we sell a lot of wine from like uh, Ariano Capinti, Cars, so Sicily. Uh, um, so Sicilian mm-hmm. wines are really uh, on trend. Really on trend right now. There's just a uh, prosecco. A, a prosecco, yeah, for sure. Fedora Prosecco. We saw a lot of and their Pinot Grigio. They're a great organic growers. It's 74. They're one of the oldest uh, organic growers in. Uh, uh, in italy uh for dory uh, I, women winemakers i think uh, Elisabetta is like a, a real inspiration to uh, a lot of women in our industry and I, I think we're seeing more and more women psalms yeah, that and things like that as winemakers well,
1: yeah. um and, in Brunello. yeah
0: 100 yeah. beautiful wines um salicuti i mean it's like legendary stuff you know there's some really really great wines coming into our market and uh and these wines were almost impossible to sell ten years ago because we just wanted oak, alcohol, Parker points. If it didn't have ninety-five points, okay. you couldn't sell it. Uh, I mean, when I when I was buying wine, most wine lists in the city had like two Pinot Grigios and two different Shirazes. One from Barossa, one from McLaren Vale, and you know Napa Cabs and Merlot. And it just it, it's really changed and. Especially with the Venetian Ambassador Program that they do, they're bringing over lots of new and older and, and you know veteran somms uh, to come over and study and learn uh, about Italian wine. So they can
1: then communicate about these native grape varieties, etc. Yeah,
0: I think on, uh, Ontario, uh, Toronto's sommeliers, for the most part, I think understand Italian wines. I think better than maybe most co- countries. I mean, we all we all have our favorites and we love it, but I mean, uh, they can really go deep now with uh, obscure varietals, local varietals, indigenous grapes, winemaking techniques. They know the people they've met them I think Indiegata has done a great job with, uh, with, with that and uh, I, I don't even think I could pass the program but I, I see every time I come here in the last couple of years I see you know 20, 30 uh, of our customers with pins and stuff and so that's a little badge you get
1: when you pass the course Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah it's really exciting i recommend anyone uh, to do that if, if, if they can it seems like a tremendous opportunity
1: Yeah, it's a great idea I mean Italy's often criticised for not being very joined up right and uh, to fly um, opinion formers influencers psalms, journalists whatever importers over from a foreign country citizen. We know Italian wine is complicated. We're going to help guide you through it by educating you about the native grape varieties that we have and what they taste like, where they're grown and how they're grown and how they're made. Um, it is pretty joined up and it's a fantastic program. So long may it continue.
0: Yeah, I hope so too. I, I think it's made a huge difference. And uh, it's also nice to see like not just importers and consumers walking around. It's nice to see the, the people that, that are the filter for everyone's hard work uh, to consumers to come here and really and really, uh, and really takes, take, it's a gift, I think. For, for most of them to, to, to take back uh, to their businesses and restaurants. so Cool. Yeah. It's a
1: nice way to finish this. Nice to get someone that comes on the podcast is actually not talking about himself or his own company, to talking about something else
0: yeah, other I, than
1: himself. Well, that's right. Yeah, I, I know I, you. I've known you for a long time. Yeah. And that's the kind of guy you are. And that's why we like you. Oh, thanks, Monty. And it's was just really because you just plugged my book, which is now out of date and out of print or should be. Oh, so there's that's a new version, isn't there? did the you update it? Yeah, a new music? one. We're not going to talk about that. I not talk about yeah, books, but, anyway. yeah. but The other one was very old. But anyway. I just
0: want a digital copy at some point. So
1: I, Yeah, no. Yeah, that's, uh, we know I'm not biodynamics yeah. and digital. We're just not really kind of, but bed- well, yeah, really, I, know. I know. You know, I—I—not I, my first book out with a chisel and a stone, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm um, just—I can, I can use a pen now, which is quite. It
0: definitely cool. took you a while to do it. That's what we all thought was. Yeah, the, the process. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, steel,
1: yeah, yeah. I've have ju- only got my first mobile phone about the last couple of years. I so know, that's pretty right, amazing. It's yeah. Nokia or
0: something.
1: Yeah, yeah. I used to send carrier pigeons. <laughs> so I don't even know how this recording equipment works really. There's a few little red lights on this little machine I'm using. So uh, anyway, I just want to say thank you to my guest today, Mark Cuff, who is CEO and founder of the Living Vine, which is a super duper importer of green organic natural. And dynamic wines.
0: Thanks, Monty. It's been a it's been a lifelong dream of mine to be on a podcast, so this means a lot to me to be here. And uh,
1: it won't happen again.
0: Won't happen. I, I probably won't be invited back. You only got one shot, mate. of this, no, yeah. So, so exclusive. But, but you know what? It's it's you know it's in the bag. What, what, what can I say? Yeah,
1: I mean, say? it would need severe editing normally to get my my boring voice out of it and listen to you a little bit more. But it's been a great pleasure. Yeah, I'm not being disingenuous. You know me. Thank you very much to my guest today, Mark Cuff.
0: You're welcome. And good luck with the series. I love it. I listen to it all the time. Thanks. And, uh, you I, don't I, have to say things. Like no, that's true. I, I, uh, everyone listens to it back home. I think we're all, we're all big fans of uh, of this. It's nice to have more stuff like this. It's wonderful. Thank you.
1: This is the fourth time I'm going to try and do the outro to this particular episode of the Italian Wine Podcast. My guest today was Mark Cuff. Mark, the door is over there, mate. Uh, just take a right and don't turn around. Who is chairman and founder, CEO, chief executive officer, financial uh, wizard, whatever it is, uh, linguist, uh, wine lover, importer, the living wine. Based in Toronto, that specializes in weirdy beardy wines.
0: Yeah, and we have a great Instagram account at yeah. The Living Vine. Yeah, give me, me the Twitter it. handle. Yeah, at The Living Vine.
1: Yeah, Facebook?
0: At The Living Vine. Instagram? At The Living Vine. What other ones are there? That's, it. that's all they are. LinkedIn? LinkedIn, uh, I don't know, it's probably just Mark Cuff.
1: You were quite impressed on you, all these things, didn't, weren't you? Was that? Well, you, uh, at least I know the names of these social media. Yeah,
0: I, I'm yeah? impressed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm impressed you have the headphones on. Yeah. I mean, this is—they uh, don't work. They don't know.
1: No, they look great. They're just a prop. Yeah. The photos. Yeah, we got a glass. we in this glass studio, so they're taking photos outside. So I look. I look like I know what I'm doing. I've got a pen in my hand. I've got a laptop, which doesn't work. It's not on. You can see it's not on, isn't it? Well,
0: it's great to see you, and you definitely look like you know what you're doing. So I uh, appreciate it. Thanks, and, Mark. Uh,
1: and, uh, so what we need to do next time is maybe do a, a podcast where the outro isn't actually longer than the podcast itself. You know, sure. A little bit out of balance, I, would I have,
0: You know, I have a very hard time saying goodbye. I think that's. It's yeah. more my. Uh, I never would have it's My own my issue. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Might want to work on that. <laughs> Should we do it? Say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Thanks. Goodbye, Mark. Ciao. Thanks a lot.
0: Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.